The Jim Channel Podcast, bringing you the big picture on geoscientific information management through interviews and discussions. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Acquire's podcast, The Jim Channel. I'm Sarah Mitchell, your host of The Jim Channel, and today I'm joined by Misha Stacker. Hi, Misha. Hi, welcome everyone. Our guest speaker today is Steve Mundell, Acquire's Director of Product. His research interest in information management for the natural resources industry guides the product development for Acquire's next generation geoscientific information management software, or what we call Jim. Hi, Steve. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, Steve, tell us a bit about your background. You've been at Acquire a long time, since 2002, which is an eternity almost in technology companies. Um, what did you do prior to this, and how has your journey developed with Acquire? Sure. Yeah, I guess um, coming out of university, I graduated as a geologist, and I joined MIM, um, and which is now uh, Glencore up in Mount Isa. And at the time when I joined, um, we are in a, a period of technology change, and at that point, I had a, a great opportunity to start to learn about new technologies, particularly in mine planning, that were, were coming on board. And I, I just fell in love with the whole concept around trying to make the technology, um, you know, give the outcomes that we needed uh, for, for doing our day-to-day tasks. And so in through that, um, I just got this um, real sense of wanting to be part of that, um, that journey with technology. And so fortuitously, um, uh, an opportunity came to join Metech. Uh, as it was back then uh, in 2002. So I joined um, Metec and worked through um, the, uh, the mine planning side of, uh, of that business. And then going through, through that acquire um, as a technology was, was growing and there was a point in time where we um, had made the decision to make acquire our, our number one uh, focus. And at that point, um, I moved across um, from you know, working on the mine planning side of the, the business into, I guess, technical sales uh, with Acquire. And that really um, gave me a, a really big insight into a customer's perspective around the, the needs and, uh, of the business. And from there, you know, um, uh, went through uh, into more research type activities and, and understanding the, the customer need and, and growing that um, onto um, you know, the position that I hold now and working with the, the strategy of, uh, of our products. Steve, uh, what have you noticed is the biggest challenges for geoscientific information management, especially when you first started in the industry? Yeah, I think the biggest uh, thing um, back then was moving from in-house solutions to commercial solutions. And I think, you know, going back to the experience with MIM, which, um, uh, you know, that was the period that we're going in, was going from uh, in-house type solutions to, to commercial solutions where it was more of the core business of the, the mining company to deal with mining uh, and then to use commercial um, uh, products out there to manage other, other things. And so that was, uh, I guess, a, a story that can be told across many organisations. So back at that point in time when I um, was, um, you know, joined uh, Acquire, uh, and then that was the big, big sort of push, was the, the big challenge in moving from, um, I guess, the, the tinkering and the, and the building of in-house systems. You know, we're all geologists, we love to tinker, um, uh, to more commercial solutions where there's greater knowledge out there to really solve these problems um, so that as geologists we could get back to doing doing our job. I think, you know, um, the, the experience with um, uh, Mount Isa was quite good because it gave such a, a, a you know, for myself anyhow, um, gave a, a great foundation um, in the importance of 
um, of information. They had a, a really great philosophy around uh, around that, and it was something that I've never really seen elsewhere before in an organisation. So it's something I experienced and never seen replicated anywhere else of of just how they worked with it and their um, devotion to making it all work. Excellent. Now, what do you see as as the main challenge facing the natural resources industry right now? So I guess um, we love to talk about people, process and technology. So I think that's probably the um, best sort of model to use to um, sort of answer this one uh, or try and address this one. So from a people perspective, I think one of the, um, the, the big challenges there is moving towards a knowledge um, system. So as we're um, moving forward to more, uh, I guess, complex situations and, and dealing with more uh, I guess complex environments to work in is that the knowledge um, held by people uh, and uh, through the time that they experience with these things is going to become more and more important. So actually, you know, building a, a, a better culture around people and retaining people is going to be a, a big thing. So, and I guess that goes on to keeping good people. So going through the the downturn, you know, the the newspapers are abound of stories of good people who have left the industry for good and not uh, and not coming back. And you know, I was recently um, you know, just reading a, a story about, um, I guess, in Alberta, where there's been the dehumanisation of the recruitment process, and that's really turning um, some people off uh, the industry. So I think from a, um, a, a people challenge uh, at the moment, that's one of the, the big things is, is around that. In terms of process, um, one of the big challenges is true cross-functional integration. So it's actually getting everyone to work together as a team rather than separate silos. So that's a, a, a huge um, thing that I think everyone recognises as a, as a big uh, problem, probably a, a cultural problem to change within organisations. And, and as well with um, the process is uprooting the um, past processes. So, you know, we're seeing lots of changes in, in technology, but, you know, our processes have built up over many, many years, so they're quite deep-rooted and very difficult to change. So that's a, a big challenge is how to actually um, make those, those big changes which seem to cut across the entire organisations. And then from a technology perspective, um, the challenge is seeing the full stack required to... Um, achieve or, or realise digital innovation. So we can see all of the bright and shiny things um, out there that we want to do or that we would like to do um, that could help us out in, um, in our situation um, and you know, help us get the objectives that we want, but um, need to step back and look at the full stack required to enable that and make it happen. Um, Steve, you mentioned the uh, digital innovation. Um, earlier this, this year, you delivered a presentation on, on data and the digital mine with Osmine. What are your views on how we leverage the digital mine? Okay, so um, I guess there's two things, and it actually um, comes back to a previous point um, around process. So process change is a big one. Okay, so, and that process change is, I guess, more of a... I guess a motivation um, to be able to see um, if there was deep-seated um, change in a process. So look at a, at a total systems perspective and say, well, how can we actually make this work better for the entire organisation rather than individual silos? So that's um, you know one area, and the other area is just connectivity between systems. So you know digital innovation just lends itself towards there being more, um, I guess, more technologies um, and more providers out there, and to make that work, you need to have good connectivity between each of those. And also what it allows is that there's, um, you know, innovation starts in, in small, I guess, spots and then, and then grows. And so if you have an ecosystem where 
you're able to, um, I guess, you know, uh, help um, these things connect together. Together, it's going to just provide that um, environment that they can now blossom and grow. It's interesting that in a lot of your response, you're talking about um, technology, but really only as it uh, applies to people and people, their um, role in this and the importance of, of always keeping people in that process. Now, you obviously spend a lot of time researching trends, um, not only in technology, but software and mining. And I know that it's uh, you're looking at things from a global perspective as well. You're based in Australia, but you travel a lot to other regions. Um, what are the trends that you're seeing right now that are uh, that are catching your interest? Yeah, that's, um, that's a, a good one. Um, but I think one of the, the things that's really um, you know, getting my attention at the moment is methods to try and extract new or useful data products from existing sources. So it's all about trying to make the data really work for you. So we've got these big mountains of, of data so um, that, that are there available. So how can we actually extract more uh, from that and you know, into useful products that can be used in through our process to make decisions? And so that's really the, um, you know, the things that, that I'm, I'm very interested in at, at the moment. And you know, there's there's lots of examples around here of um, of some that are, are doing uh, this type of work. So, you know, a particular example, of course, is around images. You know, so everyone takes these things, but how do you actually use them to generate some, uh, yeah, or generate new data products off them that can be used in through the process rather than just images that you look at and and observe. So, you know, processing those those sorts of things is uh, is a very uh, you know great interest of mine at the moment. You talk about things like connectivity between different systems, both hardware and software, I assume you're talking about, and also about the value in data. Do you think that the uh, natural resources industry is really viewing data as an asset yet? I think so. Um, I think that you know, there's a growing sort of trend towards that. And you, know, you hear stories there of, um, of organizations having demonstrations or, or seeing things come out and saying, wow, you've actually given me an answer. This is in the past, it's taken me five years to, to get that answer and you've done it in 20 minutes. Um, but then they, they delve a little bit deeper into it and go, well, actually to get that answer consistently, yeah, what's actually feeding into that? And that's the data. So I think there, there is this realization that um, to make all of this work, uh, you know, data needs to flow between the, the systems. And so there, there is this growing um, trend and, and, and growing, um, I guess, acknowledgement of the importance of data. Now, we're uh, in a downturn in Australia. We're getting to the bottom of that. Other parts of the world uh, have not experienced that downturn. Um, we know that South America is starting to see some softening of the copper price, and that commodity is probably going to um, lead to a dip in that region. So. Um, when we look at the global mining industry, what new technologies are you seeing emerge that could help adapt to the current market, especially as you're in a downturn? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of the, the technologies around uh, trying to improve the um, consistency of decision making uh, are the um, other technologies that are, that are going to help. So those um, systems that are able to, I guess, reduce the variability in decision making. And, and you know, talk around this with a, a lot of people in the industry is that they, they, they sort of have a view there or a vision that you know, no matter whether you give the, the same information to any person is that they're able to come up with a, the same decision then you can actually bank on those results rather than um, you know, 
yeah, having this this large risk around them actually uh, being achieved. So even then, at that point, the one percenters of, of improvements actually make a difference because they're, they're going to be real. So I think it's, um, so decision support types of, of technologies um, that, that reduce the variability in decision making um, are the ones that will um, help the industry adapt to these conditions. Um, also, what those um, do is actually, you know, they can act as a sink for the knowledge um, within the organisation so that you, you know, you're able to have some more consistency over time, so you have to build that knowledge base over time. Excellent. You spoke uh, earlier about your interest, you got interested in data early in your career. Um, why do you think geoscientific information management is so important? Yeah, well, that gets down to the core of what we do, um, and really, you know, the the reason why I see um, you know Jim uh, is important is that it's really enabler for downstream value creation. So it's this key part in connecting all of the disparate data sources. So if we look at the the full value stream of coming up with a, a decision, is that there's a flow of you know capturing the data and uh, and then you know building a model and then making decisions off of that that type of thing. And so with geoscience information management, it's an important aspect to bring together the people, process and technology parts of, of bringing that information together consistently and enabling these downstream um, processes to happen with consistency. Um, and, um, and I guess it allows that innovation to happen also in downstream processes as well because you have this source of information that you can actually rely on um, and, and do something with rather than yeah, building an innovation based on a guess. So, yeah, so geosynonym information management, yeah, for me is important as a, an enabler for downstream processing. I love the concept um, of building innovation on a guess. I hadn't heard it put that way, but I think that probably happens quite a lot. Yeah. Now, um, uh, 2016, Acquire celebrated 20 years in business. And again, you know, long, that's a really long time for a software company. Um, it, and, and Acquire's been focused on Jim. So what is your vision for Jim for the next 20 years? Yeah, I think that's um, yeah, looking at how in the industry changes, so whether it's across you know, each of the different segments that we work with, where, you know, the um, mineable oil sands and, and uh, minerals and, and coal, is that um, I guess there's some consistency there um, around the way that things uh, are going. And I guess it does relate to the methods that um, organisations go down to extract information. But, of course, you know, up until now, um, there's been a lot of similarity in the processes of way that information is collected. Um, but there's this point in time now going, yeah, particularly going through this downturn and this appetite for innovation, um, so to speak, of, of looking for new ways to you know, sense the ore body and get this picture of what's beneath the surface. So, so I guess um, the, what I can view there with Jim is actually evolving from you know, less of these manual type of process of the geologist actually going out there and collecting the information per se, um, and you know doing what we do and what we train at university to more um, working with data that's coming out of, of those to um, uh, to um, you know come up with a decision. So that's I guess where I see um, Jim is that it's going to um, become a a centre um, where there's a smaller time gap between the decision in the decision making process from collecting it to actually um, making a decision so in the past it might have been years you know down to you know, almost transactional type of type of levels as that that flow of information um, coming through so um, that's that's one thing so there's the the um, velocity of information coming through the the amount of information coming through is going to increase uh, exponentially around that so 
Jim is going to become, uh, I guess, a, a pretty critical part of trying to channel all of this information uh, through to through to these systems. So that's what I can see the big change between um, now and then. Excellent. Now, uh, what do you think the mine of the future looks like? Yeah, it depends on um, whether you're talking um, terrestrial, extraterrestrial. I think that's a, a, a good part. So. At, at a recent um, unearthed um, at, at the de- unearthed demo day a few weeks ago, there was a presentation um, by uh, I think it was Deep Space Industries, uh, where they were looking at mining asteroids and mining um, in extraterrestrial bodies. And I guess that's a really interesting thing to look at: is going well, where's that going to go? So I haven't really got too much of an opinion on that one, uh, to be quite honest. So if I stick more to um, the terrestrial kind of areas. You know, the, the mind of the future is going to be, you know, I feel, impacted more greatly on social and environmental factors than, than anything else. So that's going to drive the, the big changes. And so we can see in the, the recent news there of um, those, you know, how decisions at a, uh, you know, that, that government level are moving more towards renewable energies and that sort of thing. So that, that affects the whole, whole value chain. So I can see that the mind of the future um, is... a you know, I guess a lot less invasive um, and um, you know, a lot more efficient than, than what we have now. So the current mining processes are, are very similar to what we've had for, for many years. So there'll be different mining processes where there's, I guess, less, um, um, less impact uh, on the environment. So to actually bring that on, that's a whole different skill set of people within the mine. So instead of having the traditional scientists, there'll be other types of scientists, I guess, there that are, that are running the, 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 the systems. You know, even now, um, when we look at the, the trends, is that data scientists and what have you are almost becoming a commonplace within mining organisations to actually make sense of the data. So that trend, I see, will continue uh, into the future of, of that. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, short of trying to talk about you know, all of the different types of um, equipment and, and um, you know, technologies and what have you that will be there, I think it's more you know, looking at what the shift is in the, the type of mines that will be there than looking at the technology that will, will support them. So yeah, I, I guess I can um, see uh, in the future, um, at least on Earth, a, um, a lower scale, I, I guess a, a lower um, impact um, a view of mining um, to sort of meet with probably a more um, environmentally conscious society. That's excellent. Uh, you're the first person to introduce extraterrestrial mining uh, in this podcast, so maybe that's something we'll look at in, in another episode. But thank you so much for joining us today, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Sarah, and thanks, Misha. Thanks, Misha. Thank you. That's it for today. If you've enjoyed our discussion, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast, which you can find on the Acquire newsroom at acquire.com.au. You've been listening to Acquire's podcast, The Gym Channel. Find us at acquire.com.au.